Good morning and happy Mother's Day. Thank you so much for joining us. If you would please sing with us, our first song is All Creatures of Our God and King. song is His Mercy is More. Father so tender is calling us home. He welcomes 
lavished on us. His blood was the payment, his life was the cost. We stood beneath a debt we could never afford. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. Members and friends of Elam Lutheran Church, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Pastor Herb Hoff uh, sharing a message with you, uh, recording it down here outside of Olympia where we live. Looking forward to the time when we can be together. And on, on this Sunday, this Mother's Day, uh, mothers, God's blessings upon you. We thank God for the gifting that he has entrusted to you to nurture children and to bless families. We pray he would continue to surround you with his grace. We're going to be looking at uh, three families and households that were impacted by the gospel, all of these in Acts chapter 16. And I'd invite you today to, to take your Bible, open it up to chapter 16, because there's three different sections where it talks about this. And, and these three families that we're going to be looking at, first of all, is the family where Timothy grew up with grandmother Lois and mother Eunice and how the gospel impacted and changed things for them. Secondly, going to be looking in a new territory, new territory, this time a new continent, a new city called Philippi. Uh, we're going to find a woman by the name of Lydia, who was a merchant in the color purple, probably very wealthy. And finally, we're going to be looking at another family, and that is the family of a jailer who oversaw the imprisonment of Paul and Silas. But before we do that, let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would be with us this day as we look at your word to realize that you have chosen family to be a blessing and to change people and lives. And we pray, Lord, that uh, you would be using our families, even as you used the families way back then, to be a blessing and a light in the midst of darkness. We thank you for this, and we pray it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, if you would open chapter 16, we're going to be looking at the first three verses. Paul came also to Derby and Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. And Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. And he took him and circumcised him because the Jews who were there in, that, in those places, for they knew that his father was a Greek. So here we are, family number one, Timothy, as well as his mother Eunice and grandmother Lois. Uh, 
best place to start is to realize that um, Timothy was the product of a mixed marriage, a marriage that was looked down upon by, by the, the Jewish religious folk. Uh, in fact, so much so that if, if a, a Jew married a Gentile, either male or female, depending on who was the Jew, uh, they were ostracized many times from the Jewish community. They were, in some instances, considered as if they were dead. So there wasn't probably a lot of uh, real close freedom for Eunice to uh, be a part of the, of the sanctuary or worship life of the synagogue because she'd married a pagan, a Greek. And out of this comes uh, Timothy, out of this union. And maybe it's because she's not so comfortable, or we don't know why, but she chooses to not have Timothy circumcised. Uh, it, from the law's perspective, if you are not circumcised, you're going to be cut off from Israel. So maybe her association with that was maybe sort of distant. We don't know. But we do know that she didn't follow through on the, on the Jewish history and, and commands of the Word of God. So here we know that when Paul and Barnabas came through several years before, the probability is that Eunice and her mom, Lois, heard the gospel, trusted in Jesus, came to faith, and it impacted them. And we find out uh, that uh, in 2 Timothy, as Paul talks and in his letter to Timothy, he says in chapter 1, verse 5, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Notice the progression that takes place. It's a faith that dwelt first in, in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells with you in faith. You see, the faith that Timothy had was something that had been passed down from the generation, or even in this case, generations, that preceded him. And though probably not tied in very closely with the synagogue, uh, at least one thing Eunice had done right. She acquainted Timothy with the Word of God. Uh, the scriptures were something that she had nurtured into him. Again, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, Paul says, From childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which were able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Mom maybe made some mistakes in who she chose to marry and how she chose to not have Timothy circumcised. But amidst the mistakes and uh, missteps that she made, there was some things that she did right. She nurtured Timothy in the Word of God, and she passed down her faith to him. She married a Greek, some less than perfect things in her life story, but it wasn't the end of her story for Eunice. Married that pagan, that Greek, was probably rejected by the Jewish community because of that marriage, didn't have her son circumcised, but she taught the, her son the scriptures, which made him wise for salvation through Christ Jesus. Is your life story filled with mistakes? You look back and say, oh, if I would have done that different, if I, if I hadn't done that, if I had done that. All those things that make up the actions that we do 
or the things that we neglect, all those become a part of the story of our life. Well, dear friend, do not fear. God is not finished writing your story. There is much more that God has to write into your life. Allow him to, to take that pencil of who you are. Uh, let him use the eraser and get rid of the garbage that you have allowed to be a part of your life. And let him write his perfect ending to your story. Eunice allowed that. Lois and Eunice passed that faith on to son and grandson. And we have been blessed because of that. Now, we're going to move across the Aegean Sea over to, to Europe. For the first time, the gospel approaches Europe. And in that, Paul and Silas are there. Uh, open, if you would, now. Uh, turn over to Acts 16. We're going to look at verses 11 to 15. So, setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace. And the following day to Neapolis, and, and from there to Philippi, which was the leading city of the district of Macedonia in a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days, and the Sabbath day we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One of those who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized, and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And, and she prevailed upon us. This, this woman, Lydia, this uh, businesswoman from Thyatira over on the other side of the Aegean Sea, over um, in in the area of, uh, of Asia, um, what we now call Turkey, uh, was a worshiper of God. It says apparently this um, Gentile had become a proselyte, had, had come close to, to the Jewish faith. And one of the requirements for a synagogue to be was that 10 men had to be there, 10 Jewish men. Apparently there weren't 10 Jewish men because there was no synagogue in Philippi. And so what would often happen is they would suppose that is at least Paul and Silas figured, well, if there's no synagogue here, maybe there's some righteous people who are looking for a place to be close to God. And they went out where that might be, that is down by the riverside. And as they got there, there was a group of women. It doesn't say men were there, but it says there was a group of women who were there. And they approached them, began to share the truth about not only uh, the Jewish word, the prophets, the law, but how Jesus had fulfilled that, how Jesus was the Messiah that had been so long promised. And, and there was one of those women where this message that came through the apostles, that, and, and the sense was we shared that Luke is saying that he's involved, so, so probably Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke are all sharing, but, but somehow those words that Paul is sharing just 
bore straight into the very heart of Lydia. And she heard, uh, it says in the Greek, it, it comes, she kept hearing and kept heeding. This was a, a thing that was taking place. The word of God was coming and it was having an impact. Not just the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but completed in the work and the ministry of Jesus. Uh, Dr. Richard Lenski, a great commentator on, on the entire New Testament, but says this about this section. The Lord opens the heart, but the hand with which he lifts the latch and draws the door is the word which he makes us hear, and the door opens as we heed. Keep holding your mind to what we hear. And that's what happened in Lydia's case. She kept hearing, she kept believing, she kept heeding and responding to those words that Paul was sharing, as well as the others. And, and it could be that there was a couple weeks where this was taking place. We have no idea. It could have been that very time. And she believed. And right there down by the riverside, she was baptized. Um, the uh, thing that sort of amazes me is how quickly when the message went out and people responded, baptism followed. Uh, there wasn't any, okay, a 10-week course is going to be set up where we can explain everything to you and you'll have everything right. And it wasn't that way. We can look back time and time again. Uh, there was the, the Ethiopian eunuch and, and Philip. What does this mean out of Isaiah and out of the chariot? Well, there's water. Can we be baptized? Can I be baptized? Or, or when Philip is, is ministering to the Samaritans and, and they believe and they're baptized, there's, there's the family where, where Peter goes over to Cornelius and, and his family and friends here and, and they are baptized after a quick explanation about Jesus. Now here's Lydia and her household too to be baptized. And just a couple days later, or maybe a couple days, we don't know how long, but the same city, the same time, of, uh, time frame, this jailer and his family hear the gospel, believe the promise, and are baptized. Lydia, Lydia, she already was a religious woman, probably a proselyte to Judaism. She believed the story of Jesus. Lydia was baptized. Lydia's household was baptized. And then Lydia began to work in the gifting that God had entrusted to her, in part, was not only as a businesswoman, but one who was filled with the gift of hospitality. And that's what she did. If, if, if you found me faithful, she says, come, uh, dwell in our place. Let us take care of you. And, and that became sort of a, maybe a center home place where, where the disciples uh, began to minister out of there in Philippi. You know, even though Lydia was a religious woman, that religious woman also needed saving. Just because a person's religious doesn't mean they're a believer and a truster in the Lord Jesus. Lydia's story shows us that the Lord Jesus can continue to write the story into our lives and those things that have been missing, even though we're great and wonderful people, those things that have been missing, 
He can write into our life. And, and as great as our life has been, our ending really becomes phenomenal when Jesus takes control. Not only Lydia, but the impact of her entire, entire household. Now, we don't know if that means her slaves, her servants, or if there are children involved. We, we don't know what her household entails. But God is doing a work and he didn't leave her alone. His spirit continued to minister, not only giving her the gift of faith in Jesus, but also entrusting her that, that gift of hospitality where her life could be a, a center stage for the gospel to be proclaimed and lived out there in Philippi. Now, let's move a couple days later. Still in Philippi, Paul and Silas have been imprisoned because they did a horrible crime. They delivered a demonized young girl. We'll talk about her next week. Uh, they delivered a demonized young girl from the power of Satan. And as she was delivered, she was bad. it was bad for business. And, and they are thrown into jail. They are, Paul and Silas are beaten with rods numerous times and then thrown into the depths of the darkest part of the prison where they could be kept eye on and not escape. So now we're going to look at Acts chapter 16, verses 25 to 34. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are still here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in and trembled with fear. He fell down before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and, and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the, hour, the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. And then he brought them up into the house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. Three families impacted by the gospel. Now for the jailer, uh, the escaping of prisoners, especially someone who's supposed to be brought before a court a little bit later on, if somehow they're not there, the jailer's in trouble. He's going to maybe fulfill the prison sentence if there is one, or the possibility if this was a capital offense and the person who's going to be executed is no longer there, it's going to be the jailer who's going to take his place. He'll be executed. And, and the jailer, we don't even know his name, the jailer <laughs> felt, man, if I just end my life, it's going to be a lot easier right now. And noticing that the, the earthquake had opened the doors and the unsh unshackled the shackles, I'm just going to get rid of myself so I don't go through the other stuff that the government might do to me. Paul realized what was going on. They urged him to stop. The lights are brought in. And you know what? 
he was aware that was going on. There was, there was something different about Paul and Silas. What was different? Here they've been beaten by rods, thrown in the worst part of the prison. And what are they doing? They're praying in such a way that, that the other prisoners are hearing, and probably the guards. And not only that, they are singing hymns to God. Whether it's hymns of thanksgiving or hymns of deliverance, we don't know exactly. We do know that the early church was very thrilled when they could suffer persecution for the name of Jesus. Maybe there was great excitement. Maybe those hymns were hymns of sorrow. We, we don't know what hymns they were, but they impacted the jailer. And as he got, brought them out, the question that was burning in his heart, <laughs> obviously your life is different. What can I do? What can I do to know the salvation that you have? And the word, so simple, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You who hear my voice this day, no matter what your life has been like, no matter what traumas you've experienced or what fears lie before you, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And, and Paul didn't leave it there. You and your household. And he brings them out. He washes their wounds. He hears the story. He believes and he and his family are baptized, and then they come back, and now we're going to eat. We let's get this baptism taken care of quick. Of we quickly, we want to be saved. Oh, that we would know the love and the grace, and the importance. This man, this jailer, moves from seeking death to seeking life, and not temporary life, life forever in the Lord Jesus. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And it's going to impact your household. It's going to impact your family as well. Mothers, thank you for the faithfulness that you've had. I'm thankful for my mom who, who shared the word when I was young, before I was strong enough to know anything. Mom and dad who brought me to baptism and to the Lord Jesus who shared with me and made sure that I was sitting with them in church, hearing, maybe not understanding, but hearing that word and hearing the songs and, and coming to trust in Jesus. Three families, Timothy's, Lydia's, and the jailers, all impacted by the truth of the gospel. May you be impacted by that same truth. May you pass that truth, that faith on to generations that follow and even, even allow it to go to the generations that were before you, if they're still around, that they too would believe in the Lord Jesus, that they too would be saved. And I pray, Lord Jesus, for this day, for a day where, where you continue to reach to us with the gospel in your love and grace. Use us to bless people, to bless families, we pray it in your name. Amen. Let's pray before the benediction. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for mothers. Thank you for families. Thank you for the things that you've done to bring the faith to us, those who've gone before us in faith. Sometimes that's been a mom and a dad. 
Sometimes it's been a neighbor and a friend, but you're the one who has brought that to us, and we thank you for that. And may we be, live our life in such a way that others see what you have done and be attracted to the light, to the story that you've been writing in our lives, that you would write in their lives. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for, for the things that you're doing. We pray for those who are struggling with health issues. We pray for those who are lonely, who are fearful, especially with uh, this uh, COVID virus that's about. We pray your freedom and your peace, that wise choices would be made by our uh, elected officials and appointed officials, that in the right time, things would be opened up and your people would be able to, to continue to minister your grace and favor. Use this day, Lord Jesus, and all the days that come to bless your people with peace. And we pray it in Jesus' name, even as he taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And I invite you now to open your hands, to open your hearts, and receive the blessing of God who loves you so very much. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with the greatest of all his favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our final song is How Great Is Our God. Trembles at his voice How great 